Welcome to another new episode of Fails and Fixins. I am, once again, your host, Dave Plow, and today we're going to take a look at Volkswagen's Dieselgate scandal. For those of you unaware, Fails and Fixins originates Monday mornings at 9.30 a.m. on Facebook Live slash Fails and Fixins. That's F-I-X-I-N-S. Join us as we do a video tour through these campaigns. Follow our Facebook pages. That's where most of our updated info is. And I'm able to post, you know, clues into the next episode as to what we're looking at or throw up a commercial that helps to explain or further fill out the story that I am telling you here on the podcast. Without further ado, let's go ahead and kick this show off. Welcome to Fails and Fixins. I'm your host, Dave Plow. I'm coming to you live from the Digital Buzz Studios. What we're going to talk about today is crisis communications. We're going to look at Dieselgate, the Volkswagen diesel emissions scandal. Let's set the table, if you will, a little bit. It is the mid-2000s, and America is in the middle of a recession. This recession is affecting everything from the housing market to the automobile industry. And EPA standards, standards on emissions, so what you can and can't do with your car and what kind of gas mileage they can get and what kind of emissions you can put out. Well, those are raising, so those are going up. So car manufacturers needed to find a two-fold solution. They needed to find something that would get consumers excited but also meet these new regulations, and Volkswagen thought they found it. Now, Volkswagen is not a completely unknown entity in America. It was very popular. In fact, when you think back to the 60s, one of the things that sticks out in your mind is the VW Beetle and the VW Bus. So they had success. Not only that, but they were kind of iconic cars for a time here in America. Anyway, VW decides it's time to come back. They had really been away, but they, they'd been faltering over the years. The 90s weren't real great to them. In 1999, to start this comeback, they created the Beetle. They brought the Beetle back. The 60s VW Beetle. They named it the new Beetle. They released it. And you know what? The car looks pretty good. And it does well for Volkswagen. But this is, once again, before the mid-2000s like recession, before the housing market crashed. Now, we're in the mid-2000s. Things have turned poor, we'll say, for Volkswagen and for everyone else. And they realize they need something new. So, to meet EPA regulations and to get the public excited again, they decide to create a diesel engine and put it in their relatively popular Jetta line. And they do that. They get this engine, and it gets something like 34, 35 miles per gallon. And it's got some go. It's got some real oomph to it. You know, the thing, you get in it, you push the gas pedal, and it's oomph, it goes. It's a nice car. People get excited. They get really excited. They get so excited, in fact, that it becomes the first automobile in a very, very long time, the first diesel engine, I should say, to be available in all 50 states. It meets regulations in all 50 states. We allow it all over the United States. And it's not just us. It's all of Northern America loves it. China loves it. Europe loves it. This thing is awesome. It's selling like hotcakes. And in 2009, it won the... Green Car of the Year Award 
in 2009. By 2012, everyone's geeked about this thing. Even Hertz Rent-A-Car. They're like, hey, guess what? We're the first place you can come to rent these clean diesel engines. And it was a big deal. They put out press releases. They made it a thing. It was like, hey, we're Hertz. We have clean engine. We love the environment. The Jetta's popularity convinced VW they should drop the engines in other vehicles. Now, they'd kind of done this a little bit, but they decided to drop in their bigger ones. They they made a bigger engine, a 3.0 liter. VW, at this point, is taking the world by storm. It's not just America. It's the whole world. I, I already named the countries for you. VW closed out 2012 with a 3% market share. So that's great. Everyone loves these cars, especially the Jettas. In 2012, uh, the Jetta is pretty much inescapable. VW's throwing this engine in all their other cars. And a group of researchers in West Virginia get a grant to test these diesel engine emissions. No big deal, right? Super stoked because they get their hands on both a BMW and a VW. They have the BMWs and they have the Volkswagens. And what these guys do is they test them. They take them out on the road, they drive them around, and they check to make sure that they're doing everything they need to be doing. And well, there's a little bit of a problem. Volkswagens are not living up to the hype the VWs or the BMWs are. So the group of researchers, they, they turn in their findings. And let me, in May of 2014, the International Council on Clean Transportation reveals the findings, excessive emissions on several VW cards. Now, Volkswagen, being a company that needs to make money, denies everything. And they say, hey, there's just a problem with these cars that you, you tested. There's nothing wrong with our cars. It's just the ones you tested. They had a mechanical failure. Tell you guys what. We'll go ahead and we'll recall them and fix that part, and then you can check them again later. So Volkswagen puts out a voluntary recall, which, you know, good move. And they recall the cars. They fix the part. But it turns out... The part was not the issue. In fact, by September of 2015, too many people have run too many tests and everyone came to the same conclusion. Volkswagen's lying. They're lying to the public. They're lying to these governments. They're lying to everyone. These cars are not working. The EPA concluded that Volkswagen had violated the Clean Air Act and they declared the Justice Department could fine them up to $37,500 per vehicle sold. So somewhere in the neighborhood of over $18 billion. That's a lot of money. And Volkswagen was upset. But you know who else was upset? The public. The people like me who bought this car because I drive a lot and having a clean engine was appealing. It turns out these cars were estimated to be producing up to 40 times the legal amount of pollutants. Now, Volkswagen, in being their big company structure, nothing against big companies, but sometimes things get lost. This is one of those cases. Their CEO, Martin Winkerton, came out and assisted. He said, I knew nothing of this. Volkswagen is innocent. We don't know what went wrong. We're going to find it out. And the next day, he stepped down in shame. Volkswagen started out as a group saying, hey, one person went rogue. Something happened. Somebody went rogue. Things went wrong. Then they gradually said, oh, okay, well, maybe a whole department went rogue. Then Volkswagen of America said, yeah, we kind of maybe knew about this before we said we knew about this. And 
fast forward, we're going to go ahead and move forward to 2017. By 2017, these guys' market share is down to 1.7%. From 3%, they've dropped almost a percent and a half market share. That's a ton of money. And people are going to jail. So in 2017, the first couple of people responsible for this make their way to jail. So if you're Volkswagen, what do you do? How do you improve upon what you've done here? And the answer is pretty easily. Crisis communication, more often than not, comes down to one thing. Be honest. Let everyone know what you've done. Well, maybe not what you've done. Let everyone know that you've made a mistake. Let them know what you're going to do to fix that mistake, and then follow through. Volkswagen didn't do that. They continued to deny, deny, deny until they were caught. And actually, Winkerton has recently, and I don't have the set, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he was recently saying, hey, I don't really know about that, when the reality is anything that happens on a CEO's watch is the CEO's fault, not just to the public, but also to the company. So what could they have done? What should they have done? First things first, be honest. As soon as the International Council came to them and said, hey, we found this issue, when Volkswagen issued that initial recall, my guess and much of the public's guess is at that moment, they knew something was wrong. They knew that the jig was up. They were caught. Nothing you can do. At that point, they should have said, we've done something wrong. We have found something wrong. Or if they didn't know, they should have started investigating serious investigations at that point and let the public know step by step what was going on. They were already in a spot where they had to do a recall. They could have cut a number of losses by saying, oops, right there. But instead, they dragged it on for a whole nother year. And as a result, people have gone to jail. They had to recall their vehicles. Not only did they have to recall their vehicles, but they had to give people like me, they had to buy back the vehicles at more than blue book value. And then also on top of that, they gave us a, hey, we're sorry donation. Now, this was to keep us from entering a class action lawsuit, which is actually still happening. So if you didn't enter that program, you're in a class action lawsuit against Volkswagen. Once again, what do you do to fix? You be honest. All right, you stop fighting everything every step of the way. Instead of presenting themselves as shocked and surprised, they should have just been helpful. Every time a new piece of information came out, they denied it. Then they waited a day and then they admit it. Instead of waiting that day, you just come out and say it. And now I, I'm also only focusing on what happened here in America, what we were upset about. People overseas, people over in Europe were straight up ticked off. I can't say what they really were because this is a family podcast, but they were very mad. Now, they're facing even more over there, stricter regulations, stricter, uh, not EPA, but whatever their environmental agency over there is. They were facing much stricter regulations from them. And not only, I kept, I talked about the Jetta a lot because I had a Jetta, I had a 2012 Jetta, the year they blew up, the year they were at the top. Well, there's a whole list of cars that they had to recall. I'm going to go ahead and pull that up for you right here. So if you have any one of those vehicles, you could be in line for a big settlement. If you haven't had your Jetta recalled and fixed, then you can get a lot of money back from Volkswagen for that car. I say Jetta, Volkswagen, or we got some Audis on there. I think there's a Porsche. Yeah, uh, some Golf, you know, Passats. All different kinds of vehicles were affected by this because Volkswagen refused to take the steps necessary to fix it the minute they knew there was a problem. So that's all I've got for you today. You know, crisis communication, a lot of times, 
really just comes down to being clear, being honest, and being proactive. Sure, the CEO, Winkerton, probably didn't want to say that he was guilty because that would have meant he had to step down right away. I, I can see, I'm a human. I can see why he wouldn't want to do that. But the reality is, instead of saying, hey, I'm the guy, I'm the head honcho, it's me that's in charge, this falls on me, this falls on my leadership, and stepping down. Instead, he had to resign the next day in disgrace. And his name continues to get rucked through the mud with environmentalists. So, tell people what's going on. Be honest about your investigations, and be sure to conduct investigations. Find out what's going on and how to fix it. That's all there is for a fix this week, so I'm, I, I wish there was more I could say, but it's a very, very simple thing with crisis communications. So, that's going to do it for me for this week. And I will be back at you next week with another fail and hopefully another fix.